0: We tried to be very smart about how you put the plan together. Obviously had an off-season this year, so that was different. But feel like the guys have a good understanding of what we're doing on all three sides of the ball. Now's the time to compete.
1: This is the Coach Kevin Stefanski show. Tonight is your chance to get a detailed peek behind the scenes from team headquarters in Berea. And you'll find out how the Browns are prepping for this week's game. This is the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Ha-ha! Nathan Segura and Gerard Cherry.
2: Welcome into the Kevin Stefanski Show all along the University Hospitals, Cleveland Browns Radio Network, Nathan Zagura, along with the three-time, three-time, three-time Super Bowl champion, Gerard Cherry, looking spectacular tonight in a suit and tie as he is a multimedia superstar. And for the Browns, the season finally underway this Sunday against the Carolina Panthers, a new-look Carolina Panthers team, certainly on the offensive side of the ball, is a familiar face in Christian McCaffrey returns, they get a new quarterback and a new offensive coordinator in Baker Mayfield and Ben McAdoo, but Gerard finally the off season is over finally we get to play games of consequence and for a player how hard is it to manage kind of that long off season and then get ready for this first game and not just go too crazy right because it's just one of 17 but just to get up for it but also be appropriate in, in how much you stock you put into this first game
3: well nathan that's definitely the right approach that you want to take in which you want to pace yourself in a sense because the season obviously is a marathon, but I must tell you that that first game of the season, the intensity and what that represents and how you go about it with that level of emptiness and excitement that you have, you really don't find that again through the course of the regular season unless you're playing against one of your rivals and you really don't find yourself that, that hype, that ready to go until you reach the playoffs. So for the first game it's easier said than done to relax and not try to take it as if, you know, I got a Pace myself, but I will say this, the hardest part I found with the first game of the season is the following. Your level of confidence, because it's really about you, and not against your opponent, but realizing that the course of the preseason, you're not playing a full game, so now you're in a situation where the adrenaline is flowing, but you're playing both halves. And the preseason can get you prepared to a degree, but there's nothing like going into that halftime and then realizing that you're going to have to bring even more energy, even more intensity to finish out this game. So it becomes an issue of your own mindset and how you get over it.
2: No, I think that's a it's a great point, and for some guys, like a Greg Newsome, who is our guest on the show tonight, you're gonna to hear from the head coach of your Cleveland Browns, Kevin Safansky. You'll also hear from Greg Newsome. He didn't participate at all in the preseason. And so how big of a jump is that going from practice and going through, you know, those scripted things versus going to a game where you are going to be asked to play both halves of football, and we have an update on the Browns quarterback room, which we'll get to in a second. But for Greg Newsome, Denzel Ward, guys like that, it's gonna be critical that their conditioning is ready to play that full
3: game against the Panthers. Right. And the cool part that you can rest your laurels on is that you've done it before. So muscle memory, even though it's been well over eight or nine months since you played a meaningful football game, will still kick in. But the thing that you still have to deal with goes back to your mindset, your mentality. And it's going to be mind over matter. Because, yes, what you're getting in practice from a look standpoint pales in comparison to what you're going to see on the actual football field because – It's going to be much faster than a practice. It's going to be much faster than a preseason look. And obviously the guys you just mentioned in Newsom and Ward didn't play in the preseason. But the thing that they just have to remind themselves is that, man, we're Pro Bowl caliber here. We can do this. Now, granted, it's easier said than done. But what you do rest on is this idea that, hey, I have got myself mentally prepared. I know I can do this. I know I'm capable of playing at a high level. And more importantly, I don't care what my body may be saying. My mind is going to go out there and perform at a high level. And that's really what it comes down to. What separates the haves from the have-nots, Nathan, ultimately comes down to your mind. Because just about everybody on that football team is superiorly talented. And you're obviously going to have some exceptions to the rules where guys are just – on a whole nother category, but it comes back to that mindset.
2: Yeah, that mindset. It's the work. It's the film study. It's getting every detail down so that when you're out there, you have the answers to the test already. And the Browns certainly hope that they will have those answers going against the the Carolina Panthers this Sunday. Want to mention real quickly, Greg Newsome. He we he will talk to him later on the show. Denzel Ward. They're both looking good for this game. But Greedy Williams, who was expected to be the third starting corner for the Browns when they go into their nickel packages, hamstring injury suffered in practice yesterday. He was limited today, did not practice, and typically that negative trend does not bode well for a player's availability come Sunday. So, Gerard, you know, we talked about if Greedy's out, look, the good news is you drafted MJ Emerson in the third round. He had a great preseason. They are very confident in him. You bring A.J. Green back, who played very well in his limited opportunities last year. In fact, statistically was the best Browns cornerback in coverage last season. So you still have four guys that you feel really good about, but kind of how does that impact? the cornerback room when you see one of the guys you were expecting to be out there potentially not being out there in greedy williams
3: oh well what it does is it makes you say hey as a db in that room here's my opportunity here's my chance and i also would throw a Herb milliner he might get elevated because of it as yep. well and the one thing i know that we have going for us nathan is the following our dbs across the board and the cornerbacks in particular because this is their job title can cover So going even to A.J. Green, I got confidence that he can get the job done. But more importantly, let's talk about M.J. and what he represents. He was extremely impressive throughout the course of the entire training camp, not just in practice, but when you went to the actual game day setting, did he not show up and show out? And for Greedy, it's one of those situations where you feel for him because the hamstring can be very – problematic for a db obviously because of all the running involved in what you do as a cornerback but for emerson this is an opportunity because at some point i felt he was going to immerse emerge rather as the third cornerback and this is just the early showing of that so this might be a situation where he goes out there and balls out and green might find himself as a fourth or fifth corner moving forward because of the fact that i think mj emerson is the truth, and I think he's going to do a great job. So I walk away from it saying, granted, you want all your guys out there that can help for the cause of winning, but I'm not fretful, I'm not fearful, because I think we have a really, really good rookie cornerback in M.J., Absolutely. And look, for MJ
2: Emerson, the future very well could be now. And for the Cleveland Browns, it could be the second straight year. They've got a rookie into that lineup early. Greg Newsom, a first rounder last year. MJ, a third rounder. For MJ in particular, mm-hmm. let's say that, that he does end up starting and playing a significant role into this game. You know, in college, he was targeted 13% of the time he was in coverage. They wanted no part of him at Mississippi State. In the NFL, in his first game, he's the one guy that Baker doesn't know. I would imagine the football is going to find its way to M.J. Emerson. So for a rookie, how do you kind of get your head around the fact that, okay, this is a completely different animal and I'm the guy. Instead of throwing at Denzel or Greg Newsom, they're going to come at me most likely here if Greedy's not able to go and I'm starting.
3: You're, you're so right in your assessment, Nathan. The first and foremost, Baker Mayfield and the camp with the Carolina Panthers on the offensive side of ball, On principle, you better attack a rookie just to see what they're worth and what they're bringing to the table. Maybe there are some jitters and some nerves, so you have to attack and see what he's all about. But at the same time, if you're MJ, you say to yourself, I've shown that I'm capable in the course of practice against other teams. During the course of training camp, I've shown in training camp, going against actual starters because I've played against guys who are starters in the National Football League, and I've done more than hold my own. So with that in mind, I go out there saying, I dare you, going back to your mindset again, please bring it my bring way. It. Don't have the mindset of, oh my gosh, I'm a rookie, what am I going to do? No, your mentality better be, I am. I. I want you to pass it my way. Because I want PBUs, I want INTs, and if you bring it my way, you're going to pay a... A hefty price in the process. And if that's his mentality, because Lord knows, Nathan, you saw it with me, he has the physical attributes to get the job done. It's just a matter of the attitude. And I think the attitude will certainly be because he's shown it throughout the course of training, camp, and preseason games that please attack me because I'm going to bounce back. I'm going to come back. And at some point, I'm going to take charge and show you that I am the truth. So, yeah, it was 13% you said in college. I can imagine it will be 60 to 70% that he'll get (laughs) attacked because of the fact that he's a rookie.
2: Yeah, they're gonna come at him early, and in the preseason he was targeted on twenty eight percent of his coverage snaps, so double what he saw even in college there, and the Jags went right at him in that game and then paid a price for it when he was a seventy-four yard pick six. Yeah, the coaches love his mentality. He is a competitor, he is a dog out there. He's not a guy that was kind of always identified, you know, and coddled, you know, in the big college programs. He's a five star, he's going to the pros, groomed for that. He went to Mississippi State and earned his way to the NFL, and so that'll be interesting to watch. Let's talk about this Carolina offense. Ben Mackenzie do call plays for the first time since he was the head coach mm-hmm. of the New York Giants. you got Baker Mayfield, and we all are very familiar with Baker, but this offense really seems to revolve around two guys at the skill positions. D.J. Moore, who's one of three players in the NFL to have 1,100 yards or more receiving in each of the last three mm-hmm. seasons, the others being Stephon Diggs and Travis Kelsey, so that's pretty darn good consistent production. And then there is Christian McCaffrey. Right. McCaffrey's in the lineup last year. They're 4-3. and three. He's out of the lineup. They are 1-9. and nine. They uh, score Four points more a game with him in the lineup, they get 45 yards more per game of offense. He's an unbelievable factor, not only as a runner, but as a receiver. Gerardo will start there. How do you deal with someone like Christian McCaffrey who's going to get his carries, but for his career, averages 6.2 receptions a game?
3: Well, that's the deal. And when you think about our our defense, it's designed for the Christian McCaffreys of the world. Why do we have a bunch of speed on our defense, and especially yep. at the linebacker position, for matchups just like this. Also, you can trust Grant Delpit and the safeties to get involved as well. But the reason why he has so much success is that people sleep on how dynamic he is as a runner and as a pass catcher. So when you create these matchups where he's coming out of backfield against linebackers who are running in the four sevens and 4 eights, and he's in the four three four four range, you're going to get beat. So really, it's about creating... Mismatches and they do a phenomenal job of putting them in one on one matchups. But here's the thing with us, we have guys that can run with him and on our defense. So that right there encourages me. What I fear with our defense, in particular, Nathan, is when we face the downhill runner type. Now, granted, on their squad, they have guys who fit that profile, but obviously, It's been proven that Christian McCaffrey is the truth for them, and then when he's involved, they have much more success from a winning and losing standpoint as well as offensive production. But I am very confident and really believe that our defense is built for matchups like this. Alright, when you have a
2: team that's kind of got a one horse guy in the passing game, they really haven't gotten much out of their tight ends. Now, two years ago, Robbie Anderson had over a thousand mm-hmm. yards, and I still think he's a vertical threat you have to respect. But last season, DJ Moore had more yards receiving than all other Carolina wide receivers combined. What are, kind of talk us through the different philosophies on saying we've got Denzel, right? So Denzel follows, you know, DJ Moore. Denzel plays his side. Denzel plays the boundary rather than the field. When they try to go three-by-one and isolate somebody, he's always going to be on that side of the formation. What are kind of those philosophies and what are the advantages of those four defenses?
3: Uh, It's an extreme advantage. I experienced it with Ty Law in New England. When you have a shutdown corner on your squad – you could do the most exotic things on defense. You can have a situation, Nathan, where you're playing literally man-to-man in that three-by-one you just described, where on that backside you have man-to-man, but the yep. rest of the defense is playing some zone concept. And that really screws an offense up because, like, wait, hey, wait, they're playing man over here but zone back there, and trying to, it throws off the read of a quarterback. So that's a luxury. And also, too, when you have a situation where you're confident that your cornerbacks can go one-on-one and hold their end of the bargain and get the job done – That eliminates a lot of fear because as a DB, when I'm in a state to where I'm not worried about you running by me, I'm not worried about you beating me over the top because I also know I got Miles and I also got Jadavian breathing down Baker's back. And on top of that, you know Baker Mayfield. You practice against him. You know his, you know his faults you know his failures and you know his successes and you know what he's capable of doing because you've seen four years worth in some cases with Denzel of what he's capable of doing. So with that in mind, it puts you in a great place far as a confidence standpoint. And again, Carolina has quality re- receivers, but this, at the same time, you don't look at them in the same light that you look at, say, the Cincinnati Bengals in that receiving sure. court. If they, I believe that's fair to 100%,
2: say. 100%. Yeah, not even close. They're, so they got one guy. The Bengals have three of them, uh, and not to mention a very good running back in Joe Mixon, and, and they're hoping to get the tight end Hayden Hurst going. But for the Browns, I think those are the fo- primary focuses, and you mentioned something interesting there. The Browns know what looks Baker Mayfield Struggles right. against. They know that from the offensive mm-hmm. staff, and so the defense you'd imagine is going to show a lot of those things, show the disguises that have given him problems in the past as well. And so there is some advantage there. Now he also knows the way that the Browns like to play defense, and the way the Browns like to, you know, he probably knows some of the rules of our defense from going against them in training camp. For example, when we're in quarters, he's going to know the rules of our quarters coverage. Now, so maybe we do some rule breaking. I don't know, but that I think is an interesting part of the chess match.
3: It, it certainly is. But but here's a beautiful thing with we'll cover four. It's generally across the board. What beats cover four when you have two guys doing crossing routes in your zone? That beats cover four all day, every day. Really what you hope Baker Mayfield is doing is actually thinking as opposed to just going out there and attacking, but thinking, okay, what are they doing right here? Now, granted, you're supposed to do pre-snap and post-snap reads, and I'm not trying to be mean-spirited here, but that has not been one of his strengths. So if he is in a spot where he's doing a lot of thinking, please do that, because I think he plays much better when he's going purely off instinct and letting it rip. Ha- Fans, mark your
2: calendars for Face-Off on the Lake, the first major outdoor hockey game at First Energy Stadium. On February 18th, the Ohio State Buckeyes will host the Michigan Wolverines here at First Energy Stadium. Tickets on sale now, starting at just $12. What a deal. For more information, visit firstenergystadium.com slash faceoff or call 440-891-5050. When we come back, we will hear from the head coach of your Cleveland Browns getting ready for game one of the 2022 season in lit against the Carolina Panthers. It is Kevin Stefanski next on the Kevin Stefanski Show here on the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network.
0: Hey, this is Kareem Hunt. Hi, Browns fans. This is head coach Kevin Stefanski.
1: This is Joel Batonio, and you are listening to the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. University Hospitals is your hometown medical team and official health care provider of the Cleveland Browns.
2: Welcome back to the Kevin Safansky Show all along the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Very happy now to be joined by the head coach of your Browns. Coach, it's finally here. It is finally week one. How are you feeling, and is this something in your mind's been a long time coming?
0: It's always a long time coming. The offseason is, uh, you get a lot of work done. There's parts of the offseason that you enjoy. Uh, the scouting part of it, the OTAs and that type of thing, but... For us, for the coaches, for the players, they want to compete they want to play these games, so you always circle game one because uh, it 's really the the next game for a long time, uh, so I know the guys are excited about it
2: all right, for you, you love to get in there, and I know you 've got you know Chad and a v p and drew and Coach Callahan and Stump to get in the lab and cook up a game plan, which is something you haven 't got to do for quite some time. How fun has that been
0: yeah we that's we all enjoy that that's when you get in the office and you turn the tape on and uh, you really spend time with what that you, you're looking at an opponent. Uh, you're trying to find out where they might be susceptible. You're trying to look at yourself and, and find out where your strengths are. So it's always a puzzle. Uh, I think the guys do a great job uh, putting those game plans together, really on both sides of the ball, just having a collaborative process. And we've been able to work that process for three years now, so feel good about uh, where we are.
2: What's it been like designing and working with Jacoby on your first game plan together?
0: Yeah, it's been really good, very Good, very good dialogue, very good conversation, uh, some extra meetings with him, just making sure what we're doing are things that he's comfortable with. That's ultimately, you know, there's a 1,000 plays you can run, but I want to make sure that the quarterback's comfortable with them. So it's definitely a, a really good dialogue with him, making sure that there's concepts that he has plenty of reps on, sees it clearly. Uh, because, like I said, there, there's there's things that draw up on the board, and they look like they're good, but if the quarterback's not comfortable with them, there's plenty of other stuff.
2: All right, let's start with this Carolina Panthers team defensively. For our listeners, give them a quick little education. What kind of a front are we looking at? What kind of a defense do they like to play?
0: Yeah, very aggressive. So Phil Snows, is a defensive coordinator, has been with Coach Rule, I think, since Temple days, uh, so for a long time. Uh, aggressive front, really playmakers at every level of the defense up front. It starts with number 53 Burns, uh Derek Brown inside, the big defensive tackle. So really good up front. They have linebackers that can run, and then they have some really good guys in the back end. Uh, chin, the safety, yeah. is really big and physical. They have three corners that that can really cover. Really, I'd say four corners because I think they have a really good nickel as well. So a bunch of guys, and, and with all of that, they play a bunch of defense. They'll get in the – base will be five on the line of scrimmage they'll get into nickel which can be a four down front can be another five on the line of scrimmage they have dime Uh, they play multiple coverages they pressure you from every direction so it's a lot of defense and that's why we really got to be about our business when you're playing a defense like that Yes, yeah, so I was
2: looking at the numbers last year, 37% blitz rate, which was fourth most in the league, 40% on first downs, which is one of the top figures in the league as well. And just watching their preseason, they were rolling out a lot of kind of exotic stuff even in a preseason game. How do you prepare for a team where you know they are going to bring extra
0: rushers? Yeah, you got to be good about your rules. You got to really understand and hone in as a quarterback, a line, a, a running back, hone in on the rules. And then you also got to realize in week 1, you can't block up a season's worth of pressures. So you're going into week one, you're watching everything they did over the course of 17 games. Uh, Really, as long as you're sound in your plan, we have a plan going into it. Uh, You want to make sure that you just make the right decisions at each level. Really play call, quarterback, running back. Uh, IDing is so important in this game. But ultimately, it's, it's our job to go play fast and dictate the tempo to the defense.
2: All right, and with that all being said, before we turn the page to our defense, their offense, how's the offense look getting back into it and getting into that normal, you know, week routine to get ready for a game?
0: Yeah, I think the guys have done a really nice job, Nathan. There's so much information that is thrown at you in, in a given week. When you think about Wednesday, you got first and second down, and and all the pass and run and protection that goes with that. You shift gear to Thursday, you're into what we call our money downs, third and fourth down, short yardage, goal line tomorrow in the red zone. Uh, two minute so there's just a lot of information I think the guys have done a nice job of filling that bucket up we always talk about week in and week out you fill that bucket up with everything you got so you get all this information you go play the game then you pour it back out and you, and you do the same thing again so I think the guys are doing a nice job of taking in all this information studying and understanding that uh, to in order to do your job you got to know your job
2: do you already know what the first play call is going to be
0: no not yet that's a uh, work through that it's, it's early yet Wanna definitely talk to Jacoby, see his comfort level, the staff talk about their comfort level with runs and passes. So not there yet.
2: All right, let's go to the defensive side of the ball and for that let's preview their offense. Obviously, we know their quarterback, Baker Mayfield. They get Christian McCaffrey back, very talented and productive receiver in DJ Moore and they've kind of tried to overhaul their offensive line. What have you seen from them and what do you expect with Ben McAdoo calling the place?
0: Yeah, I think you gotta expect a little bit of the unexpected with Coach McAdoo, uh, you know, not having called plays in a couple years. So, what you do is obviously you watch the preseason, then you go back and you watch some of the things that he did in New York. Obviously, some of the things that they did in Green Bay all those years with with Aaron Rodgers. He was in Jacksonville, so you can peek at some of the things that they did in Jacksonville. But in the end, what you really need to do is stay true to yourself on defense and then see where the game goes. Are they going to come out and play, you know, four wide receivers or are they going to try and pound it? We we really have to be prepared to, to. defend all types of attacks and then once you get a feel for the game you can play it but uh, really good players really at every position um, bringing in some new players drafting a rookie tackle who's really talented so uh, I think it's a I think very highly of, of coach McAdoo I think very highly of this offensive attack
2: from 2018 till now Christian McCaffrey averages six and a half catches a game that's fifth most of anybody in the league and yet he is a running back How does that affect when you kind of plan and scheme against a team that has that kind of a dual threat?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's the name of his game is versatility, and that's been his game since he came into this league. He did it back at Stanford. You can hand him a downhill gap scheme run. You can line him up a wide receiver run every single route under the sun. He can run routes from the slot. He can run routes from the backfield. So there really isn't anything that Christian McCaffrey can't do. Uh, He's healthy, didn't play in the preseason, so... We're well aware of him, Uh, not naive enough to think that he won't make plays because he's a great player. He's going to make some plays. Uh, But we have to be aware of where he is every play uh, and try and take him out of the game as much as he can. How has
2: D.J. Moore been so consistently productive with a lot of chaos at quarterback and and every year you can use a lock for 1,100-plus yards?
0: Yeah, just really good football player, Uh, very good with the ball in his hands, Uh, another guy that has versatility where you can line him up. You see the whole route tree from him as well. Uh, just such a, a re- just, just such a really good football player. Once the ball's in his hands, he, he's a threat.
2: All right, going into this one, as you know, it is the opener. You do want to go one and zero. It's been something the Browns as an organization long before you got here. That's the quest that's been going on for a little while now. What's kind of the mindset you take with the football team about this game? Because it's as you know in this league, there's so much overreaction to week one. Week one, that's what it's going to be for the next you know four months. In yeah. reality, it's not, but it's still a big one.
0: No, they're all big, and and this is you know it's the first one, so it's it's a big one. Uh, I was down with uh, down at the Guardians' ballpark uh, about a week ago. Spent some time with Tito, and he talked about opening days, his favorite day and his least favorite day. Because once it's over, you got 161 more of those things. So for us, it's it's different because it's 17 game season plus playoffs. So a lot does go into these games, Uh, but for us, really the focus goes to we have to do our job, and if you're going to do your job, you got to know what to do. So really what we try to do is is not so much think about sunday and think about wednesday thursday friday all the preparation that goes into sunday is really where we keep our focus
2: five captains what did that mean to those guys and and how did you kind of share that
0: news with the team yeah so those we have a leadership committee so we have about 10 guys uh, on that committee um the captains came from that group, which is not a total surprise, but with that leadership committee, we talk about all things about the team and what we want to do, and, and I, I felt like captains was the right thing to do this season, as well did, did they. We voted for it uh, at a team meeting early this week, and then told the team after the walkthrough, and the guys that the team chose, I I would have predicted. Uh, those are the five guys. Those, those are the leaders of this football team on offense, defense, and special teams. There's plenty of other guys that are worthy sure. uh, and And, but I just think these five are are the right five. And I made the point when I told the team, I made the point, uh, with the media, you know, leadership comes from all different parts of your football team. Uh, so you don't need to be one of these captains to be a quote unquote leader of the football team. And sometimes leading by example is as important as a, and as powerful as leading, you know, vocally. Uh, so I, I believe in those guys and I think they represent our team. Well,
2: Charlie Hewlett, one of those, I was talking with him yesterday and, uh, you know, have we done, like, a real analytic study on the head's tails? He says he's just fully committed to tails, even though he's had some bad streaks with the tails so far.
0: Yeah, I'm a communications major, so I can't help you there in the, uh, in the <laughs> statistics area. I'll just trust whatever Charlie and the crew decide to do.
2: All right, Coach, I know you're very excited for Sunday. So are we. Thanks so much for spending some time with us, and, and best of luck. Let's go.
0: Great. Thanks, Nathan.
2: All right, we'll be back with more here on the Kevin Stefanski Show on the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network.
1: For me, I'm just trying to make the right decision for each of our players. This is the Coach Kevin Stefanski Show. You're listening to the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Here are your hosts, Nathan Zagura and Gerard Cherry.
2: Welcome back to the Kevin Stefanski Show on the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Folks, at the game, you'd never risk running to the concession stand right when your team is in the red zone. Come on, you might miss a score. Well, taking unnecessary risks when you're gambling can be even more costly. So know the odds before placing a bet. Get more tips like this at KeepItFunOhio.com. Time now to go around the league with Gerard. And, Gerard, we're going to do a little bit. Are you buying or are you selling some teams? And we're going to start with one near and dear to your heart. The New
3: England Patriots in 2022. 2022. I am selling, Nathan, and the reason why I'm selling is right now Bill is doing some very obscure and unusual things. First of all, name an offensive coordinator. I know Patricia is more likely the real guy, but the other thing, too, is I experienced this when I played with the Patriots. We could not win in Miami to save our lives, but to fly down on a Tuesday, (laughs) I'm like – Whoa, I appreciate the mini-vacation. Obviously, they're going to be working their tails off, but that's a very interesting tack to go down that earlier because I think it plants in the mind that, hey, we're not ready. I understand a Friday, but saying Tuesday is really like an open admittance that, hey, we can't deal with the humidity. It could be perceived that way. So for me, I don't know. I think the ju- adjustment to Josh Josh Daniels no longer being there yep. is obviously weighing heavy on this football team in my mind, so I'm selling are you, I mean, did you ever do anything like that in your time in New England? It well, just, just early, seems so odd. Earliest we've ever went anywhere was at the at the earliest was a Thursday. Okay. At the earliest, and I can't really think of that. I think Friday more. I mean, like, everyone goes to Denver early to get the acclimation. Sure. Because Saturday just doesn't do it. Yep. <laughs> so Friday makes sense. You acclimate by that point. But a Tuesday? I mean, your day off, you're about to fly to Miami. It's wild. Yes. All right, let's talk about the team that they play, the Miami
2: Dolphins' new head coach, Mike McDaniel. You bring in Tyreek Hill, so you've got Hill and Waddle. You brought in Cedric Wilson. you got Gasicki. You bring in Chase Edmonds and Mostert to run the football in this offense. You've got an excellent defense here. And yet the question is obviously around the quarterback, mm-hmm. Tua, Tunga And the question to you, Gerard, is do you believe in Tua? And thus are you buying the Dolphins or do you not believe in him? And then you got to
3: sell. I want to believe in Tua, but I don't believe in Tua. And I don't believe what folks are saying, in particular Tariq Hill. I don't believe what he's saying. When you say that yeah. Tua is more accurate and one of the best – throwers that you ever had a pass. he's better than Mahomes. It's It's outrageous. So right there is false bravado and a half. So I can't buy into that. I can't accept that. And I can't believe that. Because that, why are you doing the utmost and the most to build him up? So that lends me to think that something must be wrong. So I'm not buying it. And, again, he plays receiver. And, Grant, you need a guy that can take the top off of a defense. Certainly he can do that. But here's the problem. Can Tua actually deliver those deep passes to him?
2: Well, based on their social media, I would say no, and we've seen him fail to get the ball down the field to him a couple of times. So my answer with that is no, and yes, I, I think it's great. Tyreek, Hill, obviously unhappy that the Chiefs moved on from him, taking some interesting shots on the way out. Let's flip over to the NFC really quickly. A couple teams in the same division. Also in the East, the Dallas Cowboys. They always have good talent on paper. Mike McCarthy, the head coach, Gerard, but they have not been able to put it together with Dak Prescott, Zeke Elliott, C.D. Lamb. A lot of talent, but a team that has not gotten it done. And defensively, Diggs and Parsons, they've got some very good players. Are you buying or selling the
3: Cowboys? I'm selling the Cowboys, and I don't even need to get on the football field. I sell them right out of the gate from the front office standpoint. Whenever you have a dynamic, I believe, to where – players feel that they can go to the owner and overstep the head coach in McCarthy in this case and go directly to Steven or Jerry Jones, that speaks of a bad situation. And guys know that. They know ultimately who makes the decision, who the fate of their career is in whose hands. And that creates a dynamic in which I'm not really respecting the voice of Mike McCarthy. So when he's saying things, I'm taking it with a grain of salt and i don't think that will ever be a successful way in which to run a football team you have to you have to empower your head coach and i don't think they do that so with that in mind i'm going to have to say no just on the strength of that all right and then in the nfc team, we got to see in those joint practices and i'll tell you right now spoiler alert i am buying yeah. them big time <laughs> the philadelphia eagles i'm in the, i'm in the same boat same camp same jurisdiction same everything <laughs> else that you're in in regard
2: the water's warm
3: <laughs> exactly I am in. A, I'm on that boat as well, and I'm on that train because I really do think they're going to win the East and they're going to win it outright. And they're going to they're going to jump. and And I like what Hurts represents far as just them backing him and Sirianni saying, you know what, this is our guy. I'm going to play to his strengths. I'm not going to try to come in here and make it about my offense. But what can I do to empower this young man who has leadership capabilities and the type of person that you want? be in the face of your organization, and put them in a situation to succeed. I love what I'm seeing out of Eagles, and the run that they made last year, Nathan, to make it to the playoffs, I think gave them confidence and a hunger to do it again. So I believe that they are for real. Loaded on offense, loaded on the line, loaded
2: on defense. The question is Hurts, and to me it feels like if they fall short, it will fall on Jalen Mm Hurts' shoulders, and they feel like one of those rosters that's ready-made for a Brady or a Stafford or somebody to paratroop into next year.
3: That's exactly the case, but I, I have a feeling that it hurts if he shows, continues to show the signs of growth that he showed during the course of preseason at the end of last year. He has a great chance to prove the skeptics wrong that he is an NFL caliber winning, playoff lean winning, as well as bound to the AFC, well, NFC championship caliber quarterback.
2: I think you're right. Last year, so dangerous with his legs. The question was, could he improve with the arm? Well, you give him A.J. Brown to go along with Devontae Smith and Mike Gusecki, and you've Mm -hmm. got a trio as good as really probably any in the NFL in that regard. And so I think he's going to take a big leap this year. I am bullish on him. Bullish on the Eagles. And I'm bullish on you, Gerard, and you, as I said at the top, king of all the media. I know you've got to get off the TV land and handle some other media duty. So thank you so much for being with us. We'll see you on the sidelines this Sunday in Charlotte against the Carolina Panthers.
3: Looking forward to it, dog. Represent.
2: Let's go. All right. When we come back, we're going to hear from Greg Newsom, the Browns second year cornerback in search of his first interception, hungry to get back out on the field. I was able to catch up with him and you'll hear that next on the Kevin Stefanski show on the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns radio network. Hot,
4: hot! This is Greg Newsom II. This is Wyatt
1: Teller, and you are listening to the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. University Hospitals is your hometown medical team and official health care provider for the Cleveland Browns.
2: Welcome back to the Kevin Stefanski Show on the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Very happy now to be joined by a great friend of the program and a great young cornerback, Greg Newsom. And Greg, finally the wait is over. You guys get to play a game this Sunday against the Panthers. What's kind of your frame of mind right now?
4: Man, just ready to go. Um, you know, I've been out all preseason, so I've been able to get out there and, you know, strap it up against somebody on the, you know, opposite color team. So, um, I'm really excited to get out there and play.
2: All right, let's talk about just for, in general, kind of your life, your preparation, your focus. You had your sister come down here, come to town, right, live with you so that you could be fully focused on football. How's that going, by the way?
4: Uh, it's going amazing. Um, you know, I, I got a lot of stuff off my plate that I had on my plate last year. I have two dogs, so it's a lot easier with her out here. Um, she takes the care of a lot of the stuff at the house. So uh, my main focus is football, so that's all I got to, you know, focus on right now.
2: And you're locked in, ready to go. Let's talk about the Panthers. When you put on the tape, what's something that jumps out to you about this team and these pass catchers?
4: Man, they just got two good receivers, um, and they're very versatile. You know, they got a guy in Robbie Anderson who's very fast, who can take the top off. Then you got a guy like DJ Moore who also can take the top off, but you know he runs everything in the route tree. So um, it's definitely going to be a great matchup.
2: What it stands out to you about DJ Moore, though, guy, he's had 1,100 yards three straight seasons. One of three players in the league to do that. So just productive year in and year out
4: um i mean it just shows uh you know how talented of a receiver he is and also i mean he he was seventh in the nfl in target so obviously you know that that speaks volumes for him for him as a player already so um we're definitely gonna have to uh, you know be ready against a guy like him
2: i think about a year ago when you were getting ready to make your nfl debut to where you are now going into year two what's the biggest difference for you maybe in your preparation in your body in your life or your ability out there on the field
4: Man, I just feel like I'm so much more confident. Like, I feel like I've been in the NFL now for like two seasons. I know what to expect, you know, when I get out there on game day. I know how to watch film, you know, so um I've, I've dealt with adversity already. So, you know, if something goes wrong, I'm able to adjust and do things like that. So um I'm very excited. I'm just, you know, trying to show everybody, you know, a, a big year
2: two jump. What's it like having, you know, Denzel in the room, yourself, and then a guy in MJ Emerson who, you know, similar to you, goes down to Jacksonville, gives up a play early and then makes a bunch of plays in that
4: game, bounces back and says, Okay, yeah, I belong in this league. What's it like kinda of having those dynamics in that one room? Man, it's crazy. We have so I think we got the most depth, you know, in the whole NFL, honestly. Uh we got a, a group of about seven corners and I feel like Everybody could be a starter on, you know, some other team had we all not been on the same team. Uh, so it's great to just have a room like that, and, you know, it's, it's great to learn from players like that because, obviously, MJ, you know, he's a different body type, so I'm able to learn things from him, um, and I'm able to just learn from everybody.
2: What's it been like now year two of playing outside, playing inside, knowing that going into a game, all right, yeah, when we're in base, I'm going to be outside. When we go into nickel, I may kick into the slot. How does that kind of affect your preparation and the things that you're looking for from another team?
4: Um, obviously I feel like, um, I prepare a lot anyways, but I feel like you got to lo- know a lot more, uh, playing inside, which is honestly a benefit, you know, for me in general, cause I'm able to see a lot, a lot more out there. Um, and I just think going inside is going to allow me to, you know, really show my versatility and, and really show my playmaking ability. How about this defense? Talk
2: about the continuity, right? Your room. The safeties are all from back from last year. Top four linebackers are back from last year. Miles and Clowney back from last year, and Jordan up front. How's that continuity going to help you guys? Same coaching staff, by the way, which is pretty cool. How's that going to help you guys? Kind of hit the ground running here, week one against Carolina.
4: We all know what to expect. Um, At the end of the day, Miles know knows what we're going to do in the secondary. He knows where his linebackers are going to be. Same thing with Clowney. Like um, you know, as a secondary, we trust them. Um, They trust us now. So. I think it's going to be amazing just playing with those guys. And, you know, I feel like now we're going to all do our job and knowing that, you know, one of the 11 is going to make a play that play. So um, I'm very excited to get out there with those guys this Sunday. You're
2: going to go against a quarterback that you're more familiar with than any quarterback in the league, and just as he would also be familiar, he's probably thrown more passes against our defense than anybody else because of training camp and all that. What's that going to be like going and all of a sudden a guy who's a teammate, now he's a quarterback for the other team?
4: It's going to be super fun. Um, like I said in the past interview, um, I, I felt like me and Baker had a really good relationship. Um, you know, we used to talk smack to each other out at practice, so it's definitely going to be great to see him. Uh, wishing him well this season as well, but you know, we're, our goal is to get out there and you know go one to zero.
2: Who is the better trash talker?
4: Me, obviously. Duh. That's, right. That's right. Is there anybody that can hang with you on this team in terms of trash talk? You know, I don't think so. I, w- I, wouldn't, nah. I wouldn't say anybody could. Mike Woods is a young guy.
2: He, he brings a lot, right? Yeah, no,
4: nah, definitely Mike Woods. Uh, actually, I'll say Ronnie Harrison. Uh-huh. Ronnie Ronnie could talk with me.
2: Okay, all right. And you guys get to be out there a lot in some of the packages that we use. When you think about getting to be with those guys, and you mentioned so Ronnie, talking trash, the camaraderie that you have. Like last year you came on this team, and you didn't know anybody, right? You are coming right out of Northwestern, and sure, you knew, like, hey, yeah, walked went to Northwestern, so you guys had a little bond there. But now these are guys that you've already played with, you've been around, and now this year, because of the relaxing of the restrictions, you get to hang out with all the time. You're out and about in town. You're a very prominent Cleveland figure at all the Cavs games and all of that stuff. So, like, what's it kind of been like now where you guys are more than just teammates? You're a lot of friends, and, and you're used to playing together.
4: Yeah, um, it's crazy. Like, when you when you get to know somebody and you really – like, enjoy playing with and, and love the guys you're playing with, you know, you're going to want to play even better. So I feel like, obviously, last year, you know, we we obviously were learning each other, growing with each other, but I really believe, like, everybody in that secondary, like, we're all boys, like, we're friends. If somebody were to lead a team tomorrow, like, I feel like we would still check in with each other. Um, so I think that's just, that speaks volumes to itself, and, you know, I just can't wait to get out there with them Sunday.
2: And I feel like you got coaches that are like that, too, and Coach Lynch and, uh, and Coach Howard, man. And I think they're as fired up for as you guys are for this game.
4: Nah, for sure. Um, our coaches are great. Um, like, if you were to come in our room, you would think we're not even talking about football. That's just the type of atmosphere we have in our room. So, um, you know, it's kudos to them that they allow us, you know, to be ourselves, have fun in a room. But, you know, at the end of the day, we're here for a job, and, you know, that's to get better each and every day, and I feel like we're doing that.
2: What will it mean to get a win in week one?
4: I mean, I've seen a stat on Twitter. I think the Browns haven't won an opener since, like, 2004. Um, so it's going to right. be big, you know, to get a, to get a win. Um, just to start our season off the right way.
2: And how does it feel to get back into, like, game planning? You know, you go through training camp, and for you, I know that you missed some of the time in training camp, but those are kind of like installs. This is what we do, who we are. Now you're trying to prepare for somebody else. Is that kind of fun, that chess match and, and getting to see that out on the field?
4: Oh, most definitely. Um, Like training camp, obviously you're watching a lot of film, but, you know, I'm not, preparing to beat my other i'm just gonna go out there and play now you know you have a lot more film study you have a lot more that you can like you said it's a chess match at this point now so and i feel like that's the edge that i bring just being a you know a very smart player um so our our goal is to win that chess match this sunday
2: how good does it make you feel when pre-snap you go you know what they're doing already
4: oh it's amazing um and i got that honestly from troy hill i said last year it was just plays where he's like here comes a dig and it will come every single time. So I'm kinda trying to be that guy that's savant, you know, out there that that knows stuff, um and you know, you can anticipate instead of just trying to guess.
2: When you talk about film study, what's kind of just without giving away any of the secrets, obviously, but what are you when you're watching it, what are you looking for to give the people kind of an idea of how much goes into this?
4: Yeah, I mean it's a lot. First you gotta see, you know, where the back is at, you know, how wide he is, how deep he is. Then you gotta see, you know, the alignments of the receivers, are there nasty splits or not, you know, and then you gotta sometimes read the tackle is his hand down is his hand up like those are different tales so there's a lot that goes in with film study um and you know it's honestly super fun it's like it's like being in school but you know for obviously your profession like you're learning a lot out there and it's just fun you know to find a tell out there and that you can use on the field sunday and You know, go out there and make a play with it.
2: So that's you're kind of like a detective, right? You're combing through and you're like, oh, I got
4: something. I got something. Telling everybody, all right, let's go get it. Nah, for sure. So um, it's definitely going to be fun. Um, You know, any way we can get an edge out there um, in a film study. Um, And I think we're going to do great this Sunday.
2: All right, Greg, always a pleasure. Best of luck to you. And just maybe
4: let's get that first pick and have a
2: big one. Take it to the house. Let's go. Yeah, for sure. I appreciate you. All right, man, Greg, thanks very much. Good luck on Sunday. Thank you. We'll be back with more of the Kevin Stefanski Show on the University Hospital's Cleveland
0: Browns Radio Network right after this. I feel like I have people in the building that can tell me the truth. And I think that's really important because I don't want this to be a place where I don't get the truth from our guys. This is the Coach Kevin Stefanski Show. You're listening to the
1: University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Here are your hosts, Nathan Zagura and Gerard Cherry. Fans, mark your calendars for Face Off
2: on the Lake, the first major outdoor hockey game at First Energy Stadium. When on February the 18th, the Ohio State Buckeyes will host the Michigan Wolverines right here at First Energy. Tickets on sale now starting at just $12. For more information, visit firstenergystadium.com slash faceoff or call 440-891-5050. That's 440-891-5050. Five zero. All right, folks, regular season, game one, the Browns and the Carolina Panthers, 1 p.m. this Sunday, live from Charlotte, and it's a big one. It is a big one. Stock up, step up time for me. Stock up, it's got to be the defense. And step up, it's got to be the defense. Everything that I think in this game revolves around the Browns' ability to stop the Carolina Panthers' offense and then for the Browns offensively, their ability to control the football, not make mistakes, and put points on the board. Last year, the Panthers were 0-12 when they opponent scored 15 or more points against them. Think about that. 0-12 when an opponent just reached 15 points. They were the only team in the league that was winless when their opponent scored 15 or more. They tried to overhaul their offense. But for the Browns, we're going to get a steady dose of Nick Chubb. We're going to get a steady dose of Kareem Hunt. We've got Amari Cooper now. Brissette's had a nice week of practice finding those guys. The Chief, Donovan Peoples-Jones. This is a team with behind that offensive line, manage the ball, but then defensively they can absolutely dominate this game. They've got a rookie left tackle in his NFL debut against Miles Garrett. That is not a recipe for success, and frankly, he struggled in the preseason. Miles, it's not going to get any easier. you got Clowney. You've got our secondary, Denzel, Greg, MJ, Emerson, the safeties, John and Grant and Ronnie. Look for the Browns to try to confuse Baker Mayfield, try to get their hands on the football. In the game to when Baker Mayfield has lost as a starting quarterback in this league, he's thrown more interceptions than touchdowns and the ones that he has won it's better than a three to one touchdown to interception ratio so it's key to get those turnovers time for speculation is over we'll have coverage for you starting at 9 a.m on the browns radio network big thanks to our producer jason gibbs coordinating producer meredith kane and we will be back to you at 9 a.m thanks for listening to the kevin stefanski show on the university hospitals cleveland browns radio network
1: You've been listening to the Coach Kevin Stefanski show. Join us next week at this time for more from the head coach of the Cleveland Browns. This broadcast is a copyright of the Cleveland Browns and the National Football League. Any other use of this broadcast, description or account without the prior consent of the NFL is strictly prohibited. This is the University Hospitals Cleveland Browns Radio Network. <laughs> You're listening to the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network.